Welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, a podcast session with Manny Carrera, your real estate resourcer. Here we sit with entrepreneurs, influencers, movers and shakers of El Paso, Texas, showcasing their experiences and successes along with a unique glass of whiskey every episode. Enjoy. What is up, y'all? Manny Carrera, your real estate resource, and this is episode number 27 of Whiskey Wednesday Podcast Sessions, where we sit with entrepreneurs, influencers, movers, and shakers over a glass of some fine whiskey. Today, we're going to be sipping on some Makers 46, and I'm going to be joined by my special guest. This gentleman is not only a realtor, investor, and entrepreneur, but he's also a childhood friend, my best friend, Ricardo Silva. What is up, bro? What's up, bro? <laughs> Welcome. About time you had FYI, before we, before we start, this is Ricardo's third whiskey. He's super shy. This guy is super, super shy right now. But <laughs> but um, I'm really excited to have you on, man. Definitely a uh, overdue podcast session. And I know since I started the podcast, I've told you about it told you we need to do a realtor episode and talk a little bit about real estate and a little bit about some other stuff and uh you're right now in dallas so caught you at a good time you just landed right yeah about 45 minutes ago just landed about time i get to be on this podcast um i don't know if everybody else has to pay but i had to pay to be on this podcast just an FYI. You know, had to come up. <laughs> Look, quick come up, Christmas yeah. gifts. No, but I appreciate nah, it's it. A, it's a free podcast, by the way. Nobody has to pay. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I didn't pay. Yo, man, so I'm really excited because not only, you know, do we have a big history, you and I have grown up together almost, you know, yeah. since seventh grade, eighth grade, right? Yeah. And um, it's been crazy to kind of, you know, not only go through life and over the last even just 10 years and kind of experience what it is to really grow mentally and you know just overall in life and it's really cool to have my best friend from childhood kind of on the same path and you know we 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 have the same kind of the same mentality which i think is really cool because not a lot of people do that i think a lot of friends end up taking separate paths and you know over the years it ends up getting lost that connection but you know, before we get into all the good stuff, there's going to be a lot of gossip here, a lot of funny stories. I'm going to embarrass the shit out of you. I already got some stuff. <laughs> but uh, let's let's hand over the mic to you, and you tell us a little bit about yourself, who are you, and uh, what do you do? Well, my name is Ricardo Silva. I'm a real estate agent, uh, former firefighter, and um, recently started a business with uh, two, of, two of my other partners. It's a coffee shop. Um, that's basically it. Born and raised in El Paso. Born yeah. and raised here in El Paso, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Little kid from the Lower Valley trying to make it, huh? <laughs> Just trying to make it. So, it. so let's uh, let's let the in, the viewers kind of know a little bit about how we met. Um, obviously, we've known each other since middle school. Uh, so, kind of tell us a little bit about how we met and and uh, how long we met, how long we we've known each other. Well. Manny wasn't this popular. He was getting pumped. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't popular. <laughs> no, we had a class together, and as you can tell, I'm blind as shit, and um, I couldn't read the board, and he would pass me his notes, and that's how we kind of started. He invited me to his house, jump in the trampoline, and the rest is history. 
I'm gonna clarify something. Though. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be honest on this podcast with the viewers. <laughs> no, we're gonna be fully honest with the viewers. That's not really how we. <laughs> we had a class together, and Richard was some some kid over there just studying at, at in class. He was just over there at the corner, sitting in his corner, and um, I had some erasers. And I was just a bad kid. I don't know why I like to throw shit. And I threw an eraser and I hit Richard <laughs> by accident, right? I hit you with an eraser. And I started punking this guy for like six months. Made his life miserable. And we became best friends. After that. <laughs> no, no, it's not happening. The eraser part is true, though. <laughs> Stupid. So, um, a little bit about our, our childhood, too. Obviously, best friends have to embarrass each other a little bit, right? So... I want to bring up one embarrassing story. You could bring one up too, but I'm going to bring up an embarrassing story from when I first met <laughs> Ricardo. It's like my favorite story to tell, but when we were, when we met in eighth grade, it was eighth grade or seventh grade? Seventh grade. Seventh uh, grade. Ricardo was a little on the heavier side of seventh grade. <laughs> it was a little heavier side, so... Me, you know, my parent, my dad, he, like, just raised me to be super athletic, and he would give me protein shakes when I was, like, third grade and shit. So, um, one day I told Ricardo, we're friends already, and I was like, yo, there's track practice after school. I want to try out for track. And he's like, I'm down. So, it was the next day, and we're like, okay, well, let's try out for track after school tomorrow. So, lunchtime, the day of tryouts, you know, the whole day I'm, like, preparing mentally. I'm like, I got to make the team. I got to do this. I'm, I'm re- mentally preparing for this run and for, for whatever, you know, cardio they're going to make us do. So, lunchtime rolls around and I'm eating an apple, <laughs> getting ready for the run, you know. And um, I look at Richard and he's in line to get hot Cheetos with cheese. <laughs> so, I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, Richard, <laughs> we have track practice. He's like, <laughs> he's just hot Cheetos with cheese, whatever. So track practice, a track tryout start. And uh, right when we get there, we stretch. And then we have to run a lap. <laughs> one lap. <laughs> no, that's four. That's four. Give me that. That's one. <laughs> so we all run. <laughs> and then after the run, we all got into a little group. And he was giving us a prep talk. Well, he's like a good five minutes into his prep talk, and all you hear in the background is, <laughs> Richard was throwing up in the background the hot Cheetos. Lesson learned, don't eat hot Cheetos before I try it out. Yeah. Don't eat hot Cheetos before you run. <laughs> he didn't expect me to embarrass him so early in the podcast, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> a good one, that's one for you. That's one for you. That's one for me. <laughs> Embarrassing story that you want to bring up? No? (laughs) Got him. I got him. (laughs) Cool, man. So let's kind of start off with, you know, talking a little bit about you. you, You're a realtor. Obviously, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And one thing that a lot of viewers might not know is that you've kind of had a big influence on my life just growing up. You were kind of always my bigger brother, even though I was, you know, a a little, maybe a month older than this guy. (laughs) Um, I always saw you kind of as my bigger brother only because, you know, growing up was a little different. You know, we, you and I grew up in very different circumstances, very different situations. And, and, um, you know, growing up, I was able to kind of see what you had gone through. And I was just like, damn, like, you know, I'm 
I'm from this family that is a certain way and meeting somebody that became my best friend was that was somebody you know from a background that was completely different really kind of opened my eyes to I don't know real life I guess you know to kind of say it so let's kind of go over childhood for us like what was childhood like growing up for us you don't have to go into specifics because the law might be involved <laughs> but uh like what was childhood like for you growing up um i'll kind of talk about what it was like for me in my perspective but you know middle school and high school um you know we're sitting here as entrepreneurs as business owners as you know people that in in some other people's eyes can be successful but i don't think we really had this mentality back in the day you know like middle school high school so what was that like for you middle school and high school growing up well, you know that we had completely different lifestyles, and probably being your best friend made me like actually realize, okay, well, life isn't as bad. This this guy, he has it good, you know what I mean? And um, gratefully, your family, your parents took me in as one of their kids. They would pick me up, drop me off from practice, and all that stuff when we used to be in sports together. But. Uh, Basically, I didn't want to get stuck in that, just or blame that I had it rough or anything like that, by far at all. But um, I can't go into details. <laughs> you can't, you can't. But I think overall, you know, we did different, definitely have different lifestyles. Um, but kind of going into it, you know, my 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 kind of recollection of what middle school and high school was like was. Just a blur, honestly, because we were just always getting wasted and, and it was really just about partying and priorities were super off, I think. I think, me personally, I was a, a pretty bad student, like in high school. I really didn't like school at all, like period. And you know this, because we were always, you know, at Juarez or we were always just doing some fun stuff that we probably shouldn't have been doing at our age. But, um, you know, a lot of people that I've had on this show, this is episode 27, and a lot of these people, entrepreneurs and business owners that I've had on, on the same chair that you are, have all kind of gone through struggles in their life or life-changing moments, you know? Um, being that you and I kind of didn't have, you know, maybe the upbringing of having the right, you know, mentor to look up to and, you know, having everything in, in our place where we can make the right decisions at all times, what for you kind of changed mentally um, from high school for from that mentality that we used to have to now where it became more of a you know building factor for you where you started kind of getting a little bit more professional and serious about your business well basically learning from my parents mistakes my family's mistakes and uh, most of all more than anything books I just started reading so much. Uh, 2018, I read over 40 books. And that's Damn. basically what changed my mentality. Um, really tap into my mind and, and know how to control it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we were dumb. We were, I've always been into school. I've always liked school. Yeah. Uh, academically, I've been good, but I also liked the party in the streets, whatever. Oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, gratefully, like, we were able to... There's only a few that can actually be part of that and be able to succeed and grow out of it. 
Right. Yeah, so growing up, you mentioned your mom. Um, your mom's a business owner. What type of influences did you have entrepreneurial that were affecting you from your childhood, you know, getting you maybe into that mentality where you want to become a business owner? Yeah, well, my mom's been a business owner for the past 25 years. Um, the hardest woman I know, the hardest working woman I know. Yeah, man. That lady. Shout out to her business, too. Yeah. Shout, shout out yeah. her business. So it's a seafood restaurant out of North Loop in Lafayette, Cocktails Masaclan. The best seafood, Mexican style, in town, I would say. Um, it was good when I used to eat it. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but those, yeah, those, those uh, cocktails are bomb. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, so she influenced me a lot. She's the type of girl that, a uh, woman that, sun up to sundown, business is on her mind. Uh, I learned that about her, but I also had to learn to have balance right. and integrate family, hobbies, whatnot into your life. Right. Yeah, you have a, you have to have a good balance, right? Right. I think... Uh, she didn't have it. No? No. <laughs> she didn't she have it. She was all just work. And that's what I think... I think mentally, too, you know, in the century that we're in, we're in 2019, going into 2019 right now, and the, the spike of just knowledge is fucking insane compared to 10, 15 years ago when our parents thought that you had to work, 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 hard, 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 and not be home to really make a business successful. They had it hard because they didn't have the social media or the, you know, the tools that we have to kind of grow our businesses. What do you think, what do you think has changed over the last 10 years? What has been one of the biggest game changers for businesses right now to kind of go from maybe your mom growing up, you know, as a kid, Maybe if she did have social media, maybe if she did have those types of things, maybe it wouldn't be her busting her ass every single day, you know, at work. But kind of comparing it to 10 years ago, what do you think has really been a game changer for businesses right now? Well, businesses have a lot more opportunity. Now they have the ability to reach out to millions of people by different platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. And... Um, Back then, all you had was newspapers and word of mouth. Yeah, and bench ads. And bench ads. Bus ads. <laughs> That's it. That's all you had, you know? And, um, yeah, so I wouldn't say that it's so much more easier, but now you have a lot more avenues to reach out to more right. people. Yeah, I think it's fucking insane, honestly. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so social media-wise, um, how are you right now as a realtor? Obviously, he's a realtor in El Paso and all through Texas. Right now, you're also doing uh, real estate in Dallas, right? Right. Tell us a little bit about that. So recently, I started. Uh, I moved to Dallas. I joined a luxury group out there uh, that I met in LA. Sorry, we're gonna have to talk a little louder. These motherfuckers are so loud behind us. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Say with your chest. Say with your chest. So recently, I moved out to LA back in October uh, in Dallas to Dallas in October. <laughs> so with my broker that I met in LA, um, basically learning from a really knowledgeable broker um, that only focuses on mainly luxury, 
and the way we met was basically I told him everything I do for my clients, the systems I have in place, and how relationship is more important than a transaction to me personally. And um, so he told me, fly out to Dallas, this is where you should actually be selling real estate. And so I took the leap, took the risk, dropped, I wouldn't say dropped everything, but I moved out there, get, giving it a shot. Um, I do have my partner here in El Paso, which she's been with me for the past year and a half to two years. And she's amazing, she knows how I like the system to be run. And she basically handles it all here while I'm gone. And, but still, communication is key. So I still talk to all my clients from here and from there. Yeah. So, so real estate's fucking tough in general, but for you to be doing it in two cities, I think is, is really tough. Um, so let's kind of talk a little bit about what we're doing right now and kind of what led up to it too. Before we get into the real estate game, before you did become a realtor, um, what were you doing be before real estate? Before real estate, I was a I was a fireman. Shout out to the firefighters of El Paso. El Paso. Awesome. Uh, I love the job. I love the career. Love the guys. Love the whole fire department in general. Uh, little do the public know what actually firemen actually see and what they go through in everyday life. Um, made me appreciate life and be more grateful. Other than that, um, I still miss it, Yeah, you know, but do I regret it? I wouldn't say I regret it yet. It just makes me work harder. Um, so what he's talking about regret is, first of all, hands out to you guys and to every firefighter or first responder, um, because even though I'm not a firefighter, my best friend and, you know, a lot of other of our good friends are firefighters and to see the things that you guys fucking see and then still go about your day or go real estate and show some houses after you saw somebody, you know, just lose their life is fucking crazy to me. Um, so cr that's crazy as fuck. But the rejection, that re the regret that uh, Ricardo was talking about is he started as a firefighter here in El Paso and he actually retired from the station to do real estate full time, right? Right. So... So a lot of people that could be very scary because I think comparing firefighting to real estate, you're going from a secure government job or, or state job right. to general contractor where independent contractor where you know you're not getting paid until you have results. Right. So what was that transition like? What was that shift like? And what was going through your mind? Because that's a big decision. And I remember we were actually going to Arizona. And you were, this was right before you had made the decision, you were talking to me about it too. So I know, but kind of tell the viewers, you know, what was going through your mind making that shift and what was that transition like for you? Well, I'm the type of person that makes impulsive decisions, which I hate about myself. Um, but it's when I, when I got to do something, I just got to do it right then and there. And it was one night to the next. I just said, you know what, that's it, I'm done. What made you do that, though? What made you want to leave uh, the fire department? More than anything was regret. The thought about that if I didn't give it my all in real estate at this age, and, and I would say as my, in my prime, um, I didn't want to live with the regret as what could I have done if I would have gone 100% entrepreneurship, 100% real estate, 100% only as to you make what you put in. You know, 
So that's what I don't like regrets. So that's why I said, you know what? Screw it. I said I'm done, and uh, I'm gonna give it a shot. And that only makes me work harder, you know. And that's pretty much it. So. When uh when Ricardo had made that switch, I know he asked me too, like, what what should I do? You were really kind of I think nervous about doing the switch also. But one thing that I think a lot of people here oh shit, listening, don't start. <laughs> one thing that I think a lot of people listening may be going through is that they're stuck right now in a job that they don't like or they don't love. And they're doing shit right now on the daily and they're miserable and they're right now living with anxiety and that's because of regret you know you right now are putting your dreams aside to make ends meet which is life i mean unfortunately we're all in this fucking little rat wheel of a life and system but instead of being a victim to it you know i think you had a hard decision because i mean firefighting you loved it you weren't stuck at something that you didn't love but you knew that there was a lot more potential for you in real estate. Right, right. Exactly. So basically, I mean, I love being a fireman. I love my job. There wasn't a day that it was the same at all, by any means. Um, it's just the what if, what can I do? Yeah. And I don't want to look back. So it's 25 years in the department before you can actually retire 100%. But I didn't want to, I didn't see myself doing that for 20 years with them back of my mind like damn what if I would have retired from the fire department gave real estate a hundred percent when I was young yeah I mean you know so I just had to move on from that and you just gotta follow your passion you just gotta and now it led me to meeting this broker in LA moving to Dallas doing this uh, real estate out there and being able to run two markets yeah and yeah so it's crazy where fucking life can take you, huh? Like, just meeting somebody or going to an event can definitely change your your life. And um, it's crazy. So, going from there, you know, what got you into sales? <laughs> what got you into sales? Before real estate, what got you into sales? Kill for it. No. Well... I used to work at Verizon selling yeah. cell phones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that what the answer you were looking for? Yeah, yeah, that was your first home? sales job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, uh, so yeah. Verizon, that's exactly what I wanted you to bring up. <laughs> Verizon, um, working selling cell phones, I mean, I was pretty decent at it, good at it. He was uh, great. Yeah. This guy is fucking humble as hell. So let me tell you, when... I had got fired from GCU, which is a uh, credit union here. Shout out to GCU. I work with you guys right now. Home loans. You guys do a great job. I got fired from you guys. And um, I was unemployed for six months. At the time, me and my pops were flipping muscle cars. And I was like, holy shit, I don't need a job. But I was really bored at home. Richard was killing it. I remember going out with him every weekend. It was just like... <laughs> Handing out cards at the club. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and he was showing me his card, just had a Verizon check mark with his name. And I was like, bro, that's official. That's official as fuck. And um, I remember, you know, Richard being one of the top salesmen um, at our location and in the region too, right? Right. 
Um, right. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, so basically, he was like, hey, get me in there. I needed a job. Yeah. I was bored at home. He was bored. He was doing great with the muscle cars, which yeah, yeah. is down to you. You guys did some old school cars. It's yeah, yeah. Hit him my pops, actually. He's yeah. running the show. <laughs> um, and he told me, get me in. And I was like, I don't know, bro. Tell me honest. Tell them your honest, honest, honest opinion. Go for it. <laughs> so I was like, nah, you ain't gonna cut it, bro. Like, you, you he didn't up. think I was gonna cut it. Yeah, he, he's not gonna cut it. You know, you fuck around too much. <laughs> and basically, I told the him, "Boy's funny." Like, I was like, "You gotta talk to random people," and because personally, to me, it was hard. Um, and finally, I was like, "Look." We were at a bar, and I told him that my manager's over there. <laughs> His manager was across the bar, across and he's like, bar. that's the guy that could get you a job. If you want a job, send him a shot. We sent him a shot, and I was like, <laughs> from across the bar, I was like, <laughs> waving hi to him. Next thing you know, he's hired. And not only He that, hired me there, and then I went, and he's like, oh, yeah, I told you at the club. Yeah, like, he didn't remember He didn't remember me at all. It's a start over. <laughs> yeah, and... Eventually, fast forward to like about a, to a year, a year later, my dog didn't let me down. He basically surpassed me, dig better. Passed me the first month. Passed me the first month. Huh? <laughs> the first month? He did One good. year. He did great. He did good. <laughs> did I? Did, did I? I? No, it was, it was crazy because... You know what's crazy is that, I, like I mentioned in the beginning, I really look up to you as a big brother, even though I'm only a month older than you. But I saw you doing, I do, I saw you doing really good, and I just wanted to be a part of it. I honestly, at the, at the time, mentally, I feel like I just didn't have a direction. I didn't know what to do. I looked up to Richard. He was making a lot of money. Well, for Verizon and he was doing great for himself and I wanted a piece of it and he let me in and that was actually my intro to sales too that's when I realized like holy shit like I like sales this is actually really cool Sosa behind the screen behind the camera right now he worked with us as well at Verizon um, but <laughs> Verizon was actually one of my biggest biggest like life changing moments for me and I know I thanked you and I even Offered you a free trip and you stood me up <laughs> to Puerto Rico because uh, you got me the job and you know after my after a couple months there I just realized how much potential someone has working non-hourly and commission like that sounds so scary to people working commission only but for me it was an opportunity to kind of prove myself and. Even though you maybe not didn't have the full confidence in myself, I I didn't either. Like I was like, fuck, I don't even know, I don't know if this is gonna work or not. But it was really natural. Um, so what what were some of the lessons that you learned there at Verizon? Because I think it was a super beneficial job for anyone to have or to start at if you're interested in sales. Well, basically, I mean, I learned a lot from. Like John, what's yeah. his name? Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan, or manager Mauro. Uh, we learned a lot from them, and basically, it was a friendly competition in the sense with you when you came on, and I said, "Oh shit, motherfuckers doing good." I didn't step it up. I thought I was good. <laughs> motherfuckers better. So we had a no yeah. friendly competition, and 
that was right before I got into the fire department. And hands down to you, you got to move to Miami and yeah. run a bunch of stores there. Yeah, yeah, that literally opened up. I'm telling you, like, that was so life-changing for me because my first 12 months of doing great at this job, making a name for myself and setting records and everything like that, which I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even know I was good at this stuff. Um, I was able to land at that position out in Miami. But for me, like, Verizon taught me so much about, just in, in general, in sales, because it made me realize how optimistic I really am. And I'm going to give you an example. I don't know if you remember it, but I'm so fucking optimistic. And I never realized it until I got into sales. My fucking goals are, like, ridiculous. Like, they're, like, dumb. And my expectations on everything is just, like, it's so positive. It's like, oh, no, we're going to just give me. I'll do that. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I think that's a, a really good trait to have. Some people think, oh, well, being realistic is a little bit more important. I think you have to have a balance of it. But I think being a little bit more optimistic is definitely, in my case, better. And it helped me a lot more because I remember my first sales job. I didn't understand how many phones I could sell in one day or how many on average people were selling. My, one of my first couple days, our manager came up to us at the time, Manny Veleta. He's a realtor now in New Mexico. We have a deal going on together right now. We work nice. together. It's fun. But um, he comes up to us and tells us, hey, what is your goal for the day? And you had said three or four, which was realistic. And I was like, seven. <laughs> and I remember. Always fucking one up in me. Always. Always. <laughs> it's because he said three or four. And I was like, I want to do more than that. You know, like, I'm optimistic as fuck. Like, seven. <laughs> I've never sold a phone in my life. And... Uh, <laughs> But that day I did sell seven phones and I remember I remember when I said it you went like this bitch <laughs> like bitch <laughs> but I I did it and you know what was funny like that moment stood in my life not cuz I was like oh I, I proved everybody wrong but I was just like if you're optimistic about shit and if you really believe it shit could happen like I I'm, I'm telling you right now since the day I started sales to four, five, six years later, now that I'm doing real estate, to this day, I'm so fucking optimistic with real estate. And I'm so optimistic with everything I do. I think you have to be. Yeah. Um, so that's one lesson that I think I, I learned a lot out there is is that being very optimistic about your goals is, is I think, an important trait to have. Right. Um, as far as goal setting, I know you and I have had millions and millions of conversations and spent a lot of time just talking about goals and, you know, executing and, and planning out your life and where we should be and what we should be doing. Um, what are some things that you've learned over not just our talks, but off of the countless books that you've read and things like that about goal setting? What are some important things that, you know, some people should know when planning or setting goals for themselves? Yeah, I mean, when you're setting goals, those don't don't set yourself short you know what I mean don't set yourself short at all um, but also set your 20 year goals 10 year goals 5 year goals 3 months goals 4 weeks goals day goals day, you know what I mean? day. day goals yeah you know what I mean so it's good great to be optimistic you know what I mean and set those huge goals but also think about 
the day-to-day goals that is going to get you to those 20 years. Right. You know what I mean? Um, like like Gary Vee, you know I'm a huge fan of Gary, but like he says reverse engineer. Always. always you know, reverse yeah. engineer your goal. If your goal is to make 100,000 this year and you sell Girl Scout cookies, we'll reverse engineer it. How many Girl Scout cookies are you going to need to sell to hit 100,000? And then from there, what do you do? Okay, well, what are you going to have to do daily? You're going to have to break it down from quarterly to monthly to weekly to daily activities, right? Right. Income generating activities, what you're going to have to do. So that's definitely an important thing for goal setting. What else? Goal setting. Goal setting. (laughs) I mean, this guy's a little book. He has a little library in his head. Yeah. I'm trying to access it right now. (laughs) My library card's overdue. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... That's basically it. I mean, having the balance, tracking and measuring everything, like you said, reverse engineer. You gotta know how many people you gotta talk to. You gotta know how much, most of all, having your income be way more than your outcome. You know what I mean? Right. You can't be spending a lot more than what you're making. You know, so that's. Budgeting. So budgeting. Budgeting, you know what I mean? Um, I don't. When it comes to that, I. Do like to spend, but I know. <laughs> but 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 <laughs> you're bougie. No, no, no. But but I know where my bank account is at. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I know where my bank account is at. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Total Money Makeover. That's a good book. You guys should start reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. I can go on for with books, but yeah, I mean that has taught me. And about goal setting is visualize it. Basically, every morning. 6 a.m. I'm writing my goals down. After that, I try to meditate now. I see you. You're coming up on Headspace. (laughs) Yes. What are you at right now? How many days? 28 days. 28 days. 28 days. days. And I try to, after I write my goals down, (laughs) (laughs) after I write my goals down, I try to sit down and zone out and actually visualize those goals that I just wrote down. Um, I I should have brought that but um, this past year, I've been writing goals down every day, every day. And it's crazy. I look back to February, March, and it looks, I've hit a lot of them. Thank so, God. So not to put you so on the spot, but what are some goals over the last maybe long term, five years that you've hit? And you can look back on and just say, wow, like, you know, putting the, putting the right amount of work and execution daily, weekly, monthly has results and this is proof of these results i was actually talking to andrea my partner assistant about that um basically was my income doubling my income this past quarter all all i've been doing is reviewing as what we did this year and i hit that goal uh owning properties owning properties has been my goal and basically um one of them was either promote in the fire department or leave the fire department <laughs> which one of them happened <laughs> see there it's black and white yeah so so it actually happened um yeah that's cool that's cool i think it's super important obviously you and i have learned a lot goal setting wise and self-development wise too i think it's been really cool for me to go through it but also see my best friend go through it um as far as you know the transformation and the self-development path that we've taken over the last just couple of years, getting into books and seminars and things like that. 
what really started you or got you into self-development and, and kind of developing, taking time to invest in yourself? What kind of got you started? And on top of that, you know, you're reading 40 books a year. What is that one book that changed your life? Uh, well, the way it all started was thanks to you, actually. Jamar. I was in Miami and uh, he told me, hey, read this book, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Very simple book, Very right? super simple book. Very simple. But I love damn, that book. that's a foundation. It's a foundation. I think I finished reading it bef- before I even left Miami. I was listening to it, reading it, and um, that book opened my eyes a lot. I got really into reading and just kept buying books from there. One thing that I want to bring up, and this is probably a conversation that you and I would probably normally have behind the scenes, but <laughs> no, there's nothing embarrassing. I already embarrassed some. Right. Um, hey, hold on. Are you finished that? Yeah. Got you a little gift. Oh, you got me a gift? On air. Damn. What'd you give me? Because I'm already empty, so we're going to have to open that. Okay, okay. What'd you get? Oh, look. Level 12. Okay. Yeah. Yo, thank you. Out of nowhere. It's Christmas? It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Or am Merry I getting Christmas. another one for Christmas? <laughs> no, that's, that's all you get. Yo, appreciate it. Glenn Levitt. This is actually a really good whiskey. Love it. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you. So, so going into what we just, what I was kind of mentioning is one, one moment, you know, as friends, you 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 have these memories and moments where you're just like yo that was remember that one time remember that one time remember that one time and bringing up Miami that one time you know at the time I was living in Homestead Florida I think you had you had went to visit as well as Amy and you guys were over we went to the beach we had a cigar we had a Cohiba you and I on the beach and we literally talked for a while right it was a good conversation But um, I remember just talking to you and, and we've done this a million, a million, a million times, like just talk and really have conversations about life and goals and, you know, <laughs> go for it, just go for it, just do it, just do it. <laughs> There's no slow way to do that. <laughs> like a bag of chips. <laughs> you bag of chips up and you're in class, he's like, are <laughs> <laughs> you putting your mouth finally in <laughs> Like everybody's quiet. Everybody knows you open their bag of chips. <laughs> like, they don't have bags of chips here, motherfucker. Onions, it smells like onions. But um, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations like that. Um, but you you told me a lot of times that that one conversation helped you because at the time I was doing network marketing. I was with a, a company, health and nutrition company selling healthy healthy groceries online really fun a lot of knowledge that I gained from that but at the time you you were real estate right you're you had just joined real estate so well kind of walk me through you know your first couple months in real estate because obviously you started real estate what a year before I did right about a year before I did but how was your experience like with real estate in your first couple months before Miami Before my ass, fucking hard as shit. I was not like. I'll pour you up. (laughs) It was super hard. I mean, I didn't. 
I wasn't used to being out there, putting myself out there, trying to ask for business or anything like that. I was more secretive. Glenn Levitt 12. We're gonna, well, you're gonna give me a little sample of this too. Tell me what you think. You drink it? Well, no, like, you tell me what. Go ahead, go ahead. And, go ahead. Um, yeah, it was super hard. And basically I had to really dig down and, and find out exactly how this business worked. I remember I had my uh, one of my good friends, Jesus uh, Briseño, he, we basically kind of started out together and we basically helped each other out and he guided me and told me like, hey, you gotta get out there and start reaching out to people and talking to people. And right when I was about to quit, I landed my first deal of uh, kind of 300, 350,000. And that's what, like I said, you know what? I'm gonna stay So you landed your first big deal. Yeah. How long How long into real estate was that? I would say four months. And it shouldn't take nobody that long. <laughs> you know what I mean? It does though. Like realistically speaking. Right. Realistically speaking, I think real estate's one of the hardest things to do because you're literally, especially in a city like El Paso where there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of realtors out here. You know, everyone steal and cousin has a real estate license so you're not only competing with people's friends and family but you're competing with the market in, as well you know right so first couple months were hard real estate wise um so where do you think the market is going in that sense now that you're talking about the market right now in el paso yeah i think it's fucking booming i'm so excited bro like i'm literally excited for 2022 when you know, more highways are connected and there's, you know, more attractions here in the city, a lot more access to residential from, you know, the city, a lot of more streets and just growth overall. I think the city is getting crazy big right now. So the market, I think right now is definitely still, a, I think right now, like to present day is a buyer seller's market. Like there's such a good even balance right now of buyers on the market and listings hitting the market that are selling hella quick because there's so many buyers so the market is very <laughs> very <laughs> we gotta have a suit back here yeah i think the market's really um booming out here in el paso you know yeah it's really good and what i've learned from dallas market to el paso market is as to what's actually going on in the economy with the economy slowdown, um, they really take into effect all that. You know what I mean? It's a bigger city, yeah, right? Right. It's a bigger city, bigger price point. Four hundred points down in the stock market, two percent, three percent. That makes a huge difference out there. As you hear, here is great. The market is great. I mean, El Paso gratefully doesn't feel when these economic slowdowns happen. So transactions are still happening. People right. are still buying houses. People are still getting good deals on houses, you know, out there. Interest rates are going up. But hey, as interest rates, go, as interest rates go up, rents go up. Right? Yeah. Why? Because taxes go up. I'm about to raise the rent on my tenants because, hey, shit, it's not profiting anymore or I'm either upside down. So right, that's the right. Way it happens. So I mean, if you're still renting, paying twelve hundred dollars by January, twenty twenty, you're gonna be paying fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Interest rates are going up, and that's one thing that I think as real estate agents in a big city, you definitely 
are nervous about, you know, because interest rates, like we were talking the other day, you've been in Dallas for how long? Three months. Three months. And in three months, you realize that the market out there works a lot different than El Paso because you have to watch the news over there. What happens on the stock market affects Dallas hard. You know, it could stop people from looking that day, canceling a showing, maybe. Because, oh, shit, you know. Today. Did you? Yeah. It says, let me read to you what it actually says. Huh? It says this. Thanks, but given the... Oh, my God, that's real. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God, that hurts me. That's a $2 million deal. Okay, so this is a $2 million house in a $2 million client, buyer, in Dallas. They were looking for a house, right? You've been talking to them since beginning of December. Dang, these are nice houses, bro. (laughs) And um, I'm going to read you guys a message. Thanks, but given the market fatality, we're going to hold off on buying right now. That is fucking scary. You just got that today, yesterday. Yesterday. So that's real. And this is crazy to me. This is a shock to me because in El Paso, we don't deal with that. You know, like, I think that's one of the benefits of a little big city, which I think El Paso is definitely a little big city. We're growing so fast, but we're still under the radar when it comes down to the big market cities. You know, we're not one of those cities that has a big distribution plan for GM or Ford that gets affected by things like that. And it's crazy. So... What are some things that you could really distinguish for people maybe considering El Paso or Dallas or kind of comparing El Paso to any other market? What would you say El Paso has that no other market has? Well, El Paso can always buy. A recession, not a recession, they could always buy. There's always transactions happening. The cost of living is so low. When I tell these investors in Dallas the price points that we have, they say like, what the fuck? We need to go out <laughs> let's there. Go. Yeah, let's go and buy all these. And and the the renters be, the renters versus owners is insane. So they say let's go out here. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, doubt. I mean El Paso is a great market. I don't think it's not going anywhere until they get. It's projected to be like San Antonio, Austin. Yeah, yeah. So, I think in the next five to seven years right. we're looking like. A San Antonio because right. you're gonna have access to around the entire city from the loop. Um, and we want what we want these people to understand is don't focus on the interest rates. So if you look at the interest rates in the past decade, people were buying houses at nine percent, twelve percent. Ask your parents what their interest rate. What ask your parents and grandparents because I guarantee you it's from ten to nineteen percent. Right. Fucking insane. My parents bought their house. At 13% interest rate, which if that happened today, <laughs> I'm working at Verizon again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 but, um, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, real estate, the market, Getting into real estate, a lot of people right now, I think there's a trend of people just wanting to get their license. How hard is real estate? Well, getting licensed is fucking easy. It's like, and that's hard still, because people still kind of get through that, you know? Yeah. I mean, the courses are fucking easy. The test is a little bit hard, but 
It only, how long did it take you? I think you broke the fucking record in getting I'm going to tell you, bro, for real, for real, like when people ask me, what do I have to do to get licensed? How long does it take? I, the first thing I say is, I am literally a rarity. Like, I haven't heard anyone else do it in the time frame that I did it. So, realistically, it's going to take you three to six months. How long did it take you? It took me one month. <laughs> Your butt. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you and let me remind you, too. Like, when you, you right now have made a jump, right, from El Paso to Dallas, you literally dropped everything. And it's scary. It could be scary. Maybe it's still a little scary three months in, you know? I could tell you for sure that, you know, living in Miami before this, obviously, there's no distractions here at this podcast, by the way. Nobody's spanking <laughs> someone else. Somebody <laughs> There's no one spanking each other behind the cameras. You getting a bunch of comments you want to read some to you? Yeah, yeah. Since we got a distraction. Good one, too. But there's a funny one from Humble Beginnings. That's Isaac. Ice. <laughs> what are you going to say? So, so, so who do I got to buy a house from? Manny or Ricardo? Okay. <laughs> this guy right here. <laughs> Thank and you. Let's respect to the show. Let's respect to the show. Cheers. <laughs> Is that a question, Isaac? I'm <laughs> just kidding. 7, 6, Mars, 6, Chiso, 6. Mm-hmm. How did it take you one month? So... This is how it took me one month. And I actually have an episode right, th- right on this. Um, so it, it is a rarity. Like my situation, I'm telling you guys, I haven't met anyone like this. But let me kind of backtrack so you understand a little bit more. I was living in Miami, right? I was living in Florida three and a half years. And I came to visit. Ricardo at the time knew that in Miami, I was trying to get my real estate license. Um, I came to visit He ended up showing me a little bit about the market And I was like Fuck, I was just looking around I saw so much growth You were in Europe, right? I was in Europe He was in Europe This is my best friend, okay? I came to visit his, And he was not even here Best friend <laughs> Just kidding So I called Ricardo And I was like Ricardo Talk to me about the market out here Like, I'm really, really, really considering staying in El Paso and doing real estate but I want to know your opinion like should I and do I I I think I asked for your not permission but like I just wanted you to know like hey if I did do real estate would you help me would you show me the ropes and things like that and and he did Um, so I'm coming from Miami I'm visiting in El Paso and I made a decision when I was visiting to stay. I made a decision at that moment that I was going to become a realtor in Texas, which Texas compared to Florida, getting your license is completely different, 10 times harder in Texas. And I knew that. I knew what I was getting myself into. I came to El Paso with nothing. You guys, I had no car. I sold my car in Florida. I had no car. I had no job. I had no place to stay. I had nothing. And I just had this idea that I was going to become a realtor in El Paso and wait for my friend that was in Europe to come back and teach me how to do real estate. <laughs> so he tells me, well, if you're serious about it, get your license and I'll hit you up in two weeks when I get back. I got my license that day and I literally, literally, I have a video on this on YouTube, but I literally stayed at Starbucks from that day to 30 days later 
every single day for eight to ten hours studying my ass off caffeine the hell up but studying and studying and studying because at the end of the day i think that if you really put your mind into something and like my decision was to put everything on the table just like you did with dallas right you still have your business here but it's a big decision this takes a lot of energy to put everything on the table and i did but that decision made me realize that if i'm going to become a realtor i'm not going to sit here for six months jobless and not have anything going for me but going to school for my real estate license so in order for me to avoid a part-time job busted my ass for 30 days and i finished what normally takes three to six months for a lot of people in one month that's how i did it it was fucking hard though like it was legit hard but it really takes discipline i think for you to do shit like that every time somebody asks me how long does it take i'm like my boy did it in a month. <laughs> you shouldn't tell people that. <laughs> I tell people that, but I really... Like, Fuck that. Never mind. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, that's the bad thing. You know, like the only way that you could fail in real estate, in my opinion, is if you quit. Right. That's the only way. Whether you're getting your license or you already have your license, if you fail in real estate, it's because you quit. So there's no way that I could fail. There's no way that I could quit. And a lot of people, unfortunately, that start their school, they quit, you know? They quit in the first three months, six months, because it's hard, like, it really takes a lot of focus. In my situation, I didn't have a job, so I didn't, I could dedicate that many hours to it, you know? But it really does take dedication and time to do, to get your license, you know? So, going back to, I, I, we got lost in the comments. Any more comments? A lot of people are joining, so it's pretty, That's best awesome. live I've seen. Well, this is really cool because for those of you guys that are joining, <laughs> for those of you guys that are joining, um, you know, Ricardo here is not only a realtor, uh, not only my best friend, right, but uh, he's also an entrepreneur, which I want to talk a little bit about as well. Um, you know, on top of real estate, having this mentality that you have, having the self-development and investing in on, on seminars and things like that how important do you think it is to focus on self-development and on yourself if you are thinking about either becoming an entrepreneur or in general just doing what you love and being happy you know right well basically finding out why you're doing what you're doing at that time you know what i mean first you gotta seek to understand before you're understood so you gotta first gotta know yourself personally Know what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and basically just chase after your goals, whatever you're trying to do. I mean, if you're at a nine to five that you fucking hate, you know what I mean? You should just drop that. But a lot of people can't because like, oh shit, well if I don't if I drop that then I don't make no money and if I don't make no money I don't eat and if I don't eat I die. Yeah. You know what I mean? So basically <clears throat> just taking that leap and you'll be alright. We're survival creatures by instinct you know what I mean uh, a lot of these people don't understand the fact that you'll find a way deep yeah. down I mean maybe some some might fall off you know but uh, yeah I mean you gotta do what you gotta do and survive right what has been over the last two years three years now right in real estate what has been the last, what has been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in real estate in growing your business? You know, maybe a big mistake that led into a huge lesson that you was like, fuck, you know? What is one of those big lessons that you kind of had to learn maybe the hard way? 
Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I learned a, a lesson. I learned a lesson every fucking day. Every day. Real estate doesn't seem to surprise me, but I figured that if I build a relationship with my client or a trust with them, right, and I stay in touch, no matter what fucking happens, we're good. Yeah. I always tell them like, hey, I'm here for you. If I gotta talk you out of buying, if I gotta talk you out of selling, I will. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Like, I'm gonna stop you there because what you just said, a lot of realtors don't do. A lot Stopping, of realtors are talking someone out of buying a house. Buying a house obviously benefits us because that's when we get paid, but. I've had to do that too where people I feel like are too emotionally involved in the cell and not mentally involved in the cell and there is times where you have to kind of pull someone back so how is that for you and how has that helped you kind of in your business focusing on that relationship while you're focusing on the outside of you you have the emotion out of the equation so you basically educate them and you tell them like hey you know what I have a client right now that is going through that Seller doesn't want to do any repairs. Sellers is overpriced. And I'm telling them, like, bro, you should walk. Like, get out of here. Like, just cancel it. We'll wait later on. Um, and he's wanting me to move forward. And I'm just telling him, I just want to be clear with you. I want to tell you that, hey, this deal's not working. I love to get paid, but... <laughs> we love... Hey, <laughs> we love to get paid, but, hey, you should walk from this deal. Right. It's not a good deal for you, you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, we got to have our client's best interest, right? Not only so much the best interest, but it's the long term. It's the long term. I want to be. I don't want to be able. I don't want to have to come down to my list and be like, oh fuck, I don't want to call Manny because I fucked him on that deal. Yes. You know. Violet, I mean? don't I say this at, at appointments? Like, I want you. I tell my clients, I want you to one year from now be like, fuck yeah, like hey, you're looking for a house, come with Manny. Not. Fucking Manny piece of shit sold me this house and the fucking roof's falling on me. You know, like that's the worst. That's my fear. And that's why I'm very specific with builders that I take my clients to and doing my research on the house that we're gonna go see and things like that too. Making sure they're not overpaying and things like that. Right, right. Negotiate very aggressively, very strategically, you know what I mean? Uh, It's more for the long term, the relationship, you know what I mean? It's not getting paid cash and checks I mean yeah yeah one one uh one quote that I I probably mentioned a couple times on podcast but one quote that I love like this is my my like mantra. life my, what your mantra my mantra yeah my mantra um money follows it doesn't lead so I learned you know I had I've talked about it in a previous podcast episode but I had an epiphany in Miami, and I've told you about it before too, but I had an epiphany one day where I was so focused on the money, you know, and I realized that focusing on money doesn't really help you with your goals. It, it kind of deters you because your your target's off, you know, you're, you're focusing on money. There's never going to be a right amount of money that you're going to make. It's going to solve all your issues, you know? So... Focusing, I think, on the client has been one lesson that I've learned, too, in, in the type of business that I want to build, you know? Um, for a realtor, maybe starting off or maybe that's been in the game for a while and isn't having that success, what would you, what three tips would you give a realtor that's starting off or, like I said, maybe isn't seeing that success um, to really build their business or really build some traction? 
that could just boil down to one thing. I mean, join somebody that can actually has somewhat experience, has a good track record, is focused on relationships, and partner up with them. I mean, if I could do it all over again, I would have partnered up with one of these great realtors. And like, fuck it, I don't care if I don't get paid for the first four deals, first five deals, first million. Fuck it. Like, just teach me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I probably lost thousands of dollars learning. Like, oh, fuck, I got robbed so so many times on deals. And yeah, that's one thing I... So one thing I would probably recommend is just join somebody. Mentor. Having a mentor. Having a mentor. Right. So when you started, did you have a mentor? No. No? So what were some of those mistakes that you were making right off the bat? You know, what are some of those mistakes that cost you thousands of dollars? I mean, just one, not having the confidence, not knowing the market, not, uh, and by not knowing, by not having confidence is not knowing the process. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, shit, I would tell them, like, hey, you should make this offer. And I was telling them to make higher offers. So, yeah, I didn't have no idea what the fuck I was doing. Sorry, Clay. I know. <laughs> no. I'm going to class that being good. I'm going to class that being good. <laughs> um, but I got robbed a lot. Yeah. So, basically, the way I got robbed was like, hey, he's a new agent. He has no track record. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Come here, I'll show you. Real estate's fucking ruthless. It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat. Cutthroat, right? right? Cutthroat. What type of skin do you think you gotta have if you are thinking about joining real estate? Thick fucking skin. The thickest of skin, like some can't take chicharron skin. <laughs> chicharron skin, right? It's not thick. It's not skin? It's not thick. Vegetarian. I don't know why I've always thought of skin. Rhino? <laughs> Rhino skin? Yeah. It's strong. Yeah, so there's a lot of, I mean, what kind of things can you expect as a realtor, you know, aside from, well, what, what are some of the things that you can expect? You know, denial maybe? Rejection? Always, always rejection. Yeah. That's just some thick skin. I mean, these people sometimes don't understand that you are actually after their best interest. Sometimes they think you're just trying to make some money, which... A lot of other realtors have given us that bad name. Uh, but a lot of these agents that are coming up right now is, they're actually for the long term, you know what yeah. I mean? They're actually trying to build these relationships. They're actually being 100% honest, you know what I mean? But it's, back in the, it's just the way it was back in the day, you know? Yeah. What I, mean? I, think, I think overall, just in general, anyone in sales has such a bad rep because even in Verizon, you remember this, and I've talked about this so many times, but how was it in Verizon? I mean, that is sales, that's cutthroat sales. We're in one of the busiest malls in El Paso. And what do you see everyone doing in the kiosk? Pitching, Stop pitching. Hey, what's up, you got Verizon, hey ma'am. You got T-Mobile, hey, you got hey, T-Mobile, you got Sprint, you better sprint your way this way. You know, <laughs> there was so many little lines that we had. <laughs> There were so many dumb little inside jokes and things that we had, but sales in general for Verizon were so cutthroat that not only did you have to have thick skin because you're going to get rejected and flipped off and fuck you and everything like that, but you really had to grind. You really had to fucking work for those. That's what's hard for everybody. 
That's what's hard, the rejection. Everybody fears rejection. You know what I mean? So how does it. how does somebody get over that? Shit, I still can't get over it. I you still? It. I hate it. I fucking hate really? it. Really? But I mean I get it every day that I'm like, alright, fuck it. Next. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think I think it has to become something more of a a number or statistic. Game. You know? It's a game. It really is a game and this is for anyone in sales. If you're down on your luck, if you're having a shitty month, a shitty year, it's really just a numbers game. And even in real estate, even in car sales and whatever you're selling, insurance, it doesn't matter. It's really just a, a numbers game. And that's what it comes down to. Dealing with rejection, having the thick skin, and being able to overcome those. So right now, you can say that you're still, it's still a little difficult for you to, oh, yeah. yeah. You know me, I'm the <laughs> most introverted yeah, person. Soft heart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, soft heart. <laughs> yeah, I still don't. I still don't like it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's hard. I mean, I deal with rejection too. Trust me when I say like, I deal with family going with other realtors. I've dealt with people even to last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe not wanting to work with me or going with a different realtor. It's hard and it's tough, but I think in general in sales, if you want to be successful, if you want to have and develop the skill set that you need, you really have to think of these people as practice. And that's really what I do. Like rejection is practicing, you know, and I'll spend an hour with you, even though you have no credit and go through my whole spiel so I could get practice. Does that work end, and at the end of the day, you still try to help. No matter where they're at. No matter where they're at. Yeah. Still trying to help. Having having the right intention is the best intention. That's the that's the best and only way. Like the right thing is the only thing that you should be doing, right? So um, going through real estate, on top of some of the lessons that you've learned, what are some of the successes that you've had? You know, in real estate, in the game. Some things that maybe eight years ago you didn't think were even possible. I mean, owning properties, owning yeah. properties. I mean, that was one of my goals. Um, now trying to purchase one property at a time, one property. How a many year. properties do you own right now? Three, three, three. IRS. Get my boy. Three. Um, gratefully, I learned from you, like. Fuck these single family properties, single home. You know what I mean? And, and it wasn't even from me. It was from, from episode number two. Number two. John, John. Dislongchamp. Yeah, that, that guy is a fucking investing genius. Yeah, like, he's very knowledgeable, very smart. I've talked to him a couple of times, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. Don't go for single doors. Go for multifamily, duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes. But hey, three homes. I'm okay. Now just start buying those. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think um, that's one of the weirdest conversations I've probably ever had with some of my clients is they always ask me, well, do you own a house? What kind of home do you own? And I tell them, oh, no, I'm not going to buy a house for like 10 years. That's my, <laughs> like, it sounds crazy. But for me, like, I'm not going to buy a house for me. You know, I'm going to buy investment properties. But in real estate, there's so many ways to invest. And obviously buying a house and becoming a homeowner is a great investment because long-term, you know, you paying your mortgage and over time market values increasing and things like that, you can sell and make a profit and that's great. It's an investment. 
But there's so many other ways that you can invest. Cash flow is one big one. And when it comes down to investment properties, one thing that I learned from this investor is the more doors you have, the more money you have. You know, it's focusing on doors, not so much a single family residence. So there's totally different ways to invest money. Um, and one way, one beneficial way that I think I'm going to invest my money is cash flow, focus on cash flow, you know? So um, cash flow, obviously, that's something that you're going to start focusing on right now. You have three income properties right now. As a landowner, how hard is it to own uh, not only land, but um, properties? I mean, it's tedious things. I mean, toilets broken, water heaters broken, things like that. But, I mean, it's very simple. All you got to do is just call up somebody. If you usually have your handyman, they go fix it for you, and, and that's it. I mean, it's so easy. I would much rather own property than be giving my money to a landlord and paying off his note. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just so much easier. I mean, I bought my house three years Three, three years ago, and that's generating me 700 a month without lifting a finger, and they're paying down my note, which already has gone up a lot down. of equity, right? A lot and gone up in value, right? I mean, that's what you're seeing right now with all the with the stock going down two, three percent, four, five hundred points. All these investors are cashing out their good investments, their goods, their good stocks. Whoa, cashing, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I know. Whoa, I thought whoa. it was me. It was the table. <laughs> oh, it's you. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Cashing out these stocks and investing them in something that they could see, touch, and feel. You know what I mean? With real estate, is that's the only thing that's going to give you that. Right. So, I mean, yeah, that's the best thing. Yeah. Why, so, why real estate? Why should people invest in real estate? It gives you the best in return of your investment. Yeah. No matter how big the fucking stock is, if you invested in Netflix... 10 years ago or 5 years ago I mean shit saying Bitcoin you know? <laughs> no no I'm sorry is that, is that, is that I don't off? really know much about that shit but it's just a little phase no offense to all the <laughs> yeah yeah no offense to all the cryptocurrency crap unfollow now <laughs> whatever real estate real estate is the way to go I mean you can see it you can touch it you can feel real it real estate has made more millionaires and more people financially wealthy than any other investment you know avenue that you can Absolutely. reach for sure um, so what advice would you have Richard for and I call him Richard it's Ricardo right whichever one, whichever. <laughs> whichever one now two years ago it was only Ricardo yeah. Um, so what advice would you have, Ricardo, for a new agent, for somebody that's maybe thinking about starting real estate? Um, you know, aside from getting a mentor, what, what other advice would you have for somebody? Go all in. Go all in. Believe in what you're selling. Be sold yourself. I mean, Grant Cardone talks about that. Seller Be Sold. That's a good book to read. I mean believe in what you're selling and go all in don't do part time or don't try to you know what I mean have some cash saved up because you probably won't see a check or return of investment in the first three to six months I mean you saw it quick you saw it a lot sooner you know what I mean but probably talking from my perspective that's what that's what I I, I honestly don't like to say my story because my story is I did get help you helped me 
in my first couple months of real estate understand and grasp everything. Real estate's so technical that there's so many components and if you don't understand, then you're not gonna make money. You're not gonna be able to help people, you know? Right. And that's really what I did. I took advantage of your mentorship. You helped me and I was able to kind of leverage myself to make money fast and cut time down, you know? Time and mistakes. Time and mistakes, yeah. So learning from time and mistakes was, I think, one of my biggest kind of tips, too. If you're thinking about joining real estate, one, yeah, have some money saved, but two, have your expectations right. I think having the right expectations is super important whether you want to make real estate happen or not. How, what's the statistic right now for people that join real estate and fell in the first year? 89%. 89%. That's fucking insane. In the first two years. That's a huge turnover rate. But I could tell you completing my, my two years, you know, in January, that you really, 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 really have to understand what you're doing and you have to take time out of that equation. Some people don't want to do that. Some people are super impatient and want everything now, 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 and think that by getting your real estate license, you can have a flock of people wanting to buy houses. But in reality, it's it's hard, right? What are some of the hardest things that you've had to do to get leads? Shit. Besides on. sell that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what, what have you done? What's the hardest thing? I mean, just basically, Facing rejection every every day, I would probably say, you know what I mean? Cold calling people, knocking on their door, you know what I mean? People see the cars, the suits, the money, the traveling, all that bullshit, but they don't see the fucking rejections that we see every day, you know what I mean? The going up and knocking on somebody's door that you've never seen, you know what I mean? And basically gaining somebody's people's trust. It shouldn't be that hard to get gain that. When you're 100% honest, you yeah. know what I mean? So that's basically one of the hardest things for me personally. Other people may be fucked. Writing the fucking contract might be hard, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, for Twitch is only, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And for me, it was just the rejection. Yeah, basically. I think one, one thing to add to that is kind of being self-aware of your weaknesses too. Right? Because how soon into real estate were you aware of what you weren't good at? Because I was aware, like, right off the bat, like, oh, fuck, I suck at this. <laughs> Let me just do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very quickly. You'll know it right quick. Very quickly. Once you get these rejections, it pinpoints what you're weak at. Like, oh, you, you, know, you suck. You know what I mean? Or whatever. You're fucking new at this like, you know what I mean? For, for me, it was like the confidence. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm too new for this shit. I'm, you know what? I'll just stick to firefighting. I'm good. I have a pension. I have a bi-weekly check. I'm good. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just kept on. So let me ask you this, Ricardo. Um, you're good at, you know, the firefighting job that you were at. And a lot of people, I think, right now live that life where they're comfortable. And that's kind of what you were, right? At the, at the fire station you were a little comfortable with the pay and I know a lot of people like that there's nothing wrong with that I mean being comfortable or being safe is, is, is not a wrong way to go you know to each his own just like you said but what makes you want more like why 
why not be good or why not be comfortable? I mean, well, let me, let's go back. If I had a family to feed, if I had kids, if I was married, it'd be completely different. Mm -hmm. I would have not, I would have probably not taken that leap, you know, you know, because I got something secure, I got a good foundation. But I mean, if you're single, no kids and whatnot, hey, shit, I can fucking live off of ramen noodle. You know what I mean? Eat some so, shit. Eat some shit. No, like, not literally, but eat shit for a little bit, right? <laughs> but I would eat some ramen noodles, you know what I mean? <laughs> I won't eat shit, but I'll eat some ramen noodles. Yeah. Same shit. Probably worse. <laughs> no, but, I mean, like, what I mean is, like, eat shit. Like, sometimes you do have to eat shit or sleep on a couch for a couple yeah, months. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, it'd be completely different if I had kids, if I had a family to feed. But, I mean, if you're single and you're just starting out, Hey, fuck it, you ain't got nothing to lose. You better go out and see what you're made out of. Yeah. Test yourself and then go out. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um, so how uncomfortable have you had to get in real estate? Because you are one of the shyest motherfuckers that I've ever met. That's why it's taken 27 episodes for you to be on this thing. <laughs> but really, like, how, how, how outside of your shell do you have to be if you are an introvert I mean because you're an introvert right and as, as an introvert doesn't mean that oh you're fucking super shy or whatnot right right but you, you are like, super shy yes I am super shy <laughs> but more than but anything are. an introvert right an introvert is basically like a battery life you can only be around so many people so many fucking cameras at, at one point that by the, dream, by, yeah. the, by the time this shit is over I'm probably, I'm probably gonna go home And like I don't wanna talk to nobody And that's it I thought we were gonna go eat Probably not <laughs> But Probably like Maybe another <laughs> Can I get another one? <laughs> um, you know Being shy as, as a shy person I mean You just gotta Push yourself And give yourself Get yourself out of that comfort zone Right You know what I mean? And uh when you get outside that comfort zone, that's when you actually see yourself for what you're really made out of. You know what I mean? Leaving the fire department one day to the next, having cash saved, and you're like, fuck it, let's see what real estate can do. Let me see what I got. That's when you're like, either you make it or you fucking fail and yeah. you die. You know what I mean? But pride gets the best of you. And like, yeah, I ain't going back. I can't yeah. go back and be like, oh, fuck. I didn't it's like it. no choice. Yeah, it's, like, it's no choice. You know what I mean? And real estate is my passion. Firefighting was my passion as well. But just got to follow what you do. I mean, at one point I fall out of love with real estate, probably do something else. Yeah. And that's the that's cool thing about versatility is that you can literally, once you figure out that you're in control of your entire life, you're in control of your happiness... You can legit do whatever you want for the rest of your life and be happy with it, you know? I'm, I'm very intuitive, very intuitive. Though. Like, everything that I do is based off intuition. And Violet and me talk about that a lot. Like, the other day we're writing a... I'm going to write a book. Coming up with a book soon. And I literally wrote a bunch of squares on a sheet in front of Violet and we're like, okay, this is going to be this one, this one, this one. In five minutes... 
I thought he had pre-planned it and he was like, oh, I thought of this. No. Like, yeah. it's literally, like, intuitive. I drew a bunch of boxes as in page numbers. I'm like, this page is going to have this. This one will have this. This is going to be this, 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 this. We did it in five minutes. And I was just like, dude, like, that's how I feel about my whole business with real estate. It's been so intuitive that when I think about something, I do it. This podcast was an idea at one point, you know? But it really comes... That looks so good. But it really comes what down to... Daiquiri. There's all kinds of stuff here at Vitolas. <laughs> Shit that I've never even seen. Um, but I really think it comes down to... I forgot what I was talking about. Your dream Your book. <laughs> Your intuitive. Yeah, intuitive. Being, being so intuitive, being so bought into what you're doing that you're literally going with, in my, I guess, definition, the universe or where you're supposed to be going, you know? And understanding that or, or feeling that feeling can definitely lead you in the right direction, I feel. Right. And I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but what else besides the book you got coming up? So a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, goals for me and we'll get into goals for you, but me personally, I'm just fucking ecstatic. I have such a high and lust for life right now. Drake, quote Drake. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that I'm I'm so infatuated with my life right now. I'm I'm gonna be so pissed if I die soon. You know, like I I'm so excited for what's to come in 2019. Um, overall, with real estate, with podcasts and everything like that. But a lot of endeavors that I have coming up are um, one of them is to create my own whiskey bottle. So I'm gonna be doing that soon. Create my own whiskey bottle. Have it featured here on the on the podcast. Cheers to that. I'll send you a bottle for Christmas. Every year, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> but, um, you know, I have a lot of goals. Definitely team-wise, I, I really want to grow my team. I want to, this year, hire a buyer's agent. I want to, you know, really grow the the name and the brand um, and things like that. And the podcast as well. I really want to be able to reach a lot of people and reach a lot of people like the Grant Cardones and the Gary Vaynerchuks, Alex Mortons, and have them on this podcast. So, there's a lot, bro. Like... I'm just, I'm staying busy right now, you know? Yeah. Um, what are some goals that you have? I mean, just growing the real estate business, being able to dominate two markets at once. I mean, I have the greatest partner, personally. Gotta push you sometimes. You gotta live. <laughs> you good, man. You good, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you good, man. <laughs> but my partner is bad. No, I'm just kidding. My partner is good. I have a really good partner. Uh, no, she's very smart, very talented. Uh, I just got to give her more of the <laughs> to get it in, you know what I mean? But uh, trying to dominate two markets at once, own more real estate, of course. I mean, that's my 401k. Now that I don't have yeah. my pension, yeah. now that I don't have my pension, I'm like, fuck. We're rewriting 401k. <laughs> yeah. Real estate, I mean, Andrea's uh, family owns a bunch of real estate. And they, that's what they live off of. They make about 10 to 15 grand a month of just revenue on rent. You it's know crazy. I mean? Once you start understanding real estate, it's, it's fucking crazy. insane. It's, in, it's, it's endless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, of course, I mean, I got the coffee going, Viejo Coffee. So talk to us a little bit about that. Obviously, um, special announcement for you guys, for the viewers. Um, we're not live no more, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to be having a special episode. Richard's going to be back on the podcast 
with his uh, business partners for Viejo Coffee, right? Yeah. It's this huge pop-up phenomenon that's happening all over El Paso. You literally see uh, Viejo Coffee everywhere. So tell us a little bit about Viejo Coffee and what's to come for you guys on the next show. Well, it's just a coffee shop that's just popping up everywhere. You know what I mean? Um, very humble to start from scratch. You know what I mean? We still don't have a brick mortar at all. Um, we're just popping up at random places. And uh, this just started out of uh, one of our partners, uh, Monkey. His dad, he was named after his dad. They used to call him Viejo. And um, we're just providing, trying to provide the best customer service, trying to get to know everybody and be very involved in the community. Our coffee shop will be opening up in 2019. Um, shout out. Shout out to 2019, for sure. We're excited for that. Um, I just learned last week that Starbucks, that's how they started. They started as pop-ups in really? Seattle. In Seattle just started as pop-ups, being a kiosk at the mall. And now they're like one of the biggest franchises that you can't even get to anymore. Um, so hopefully we can take awesome. it to that level. That's really you know cool. I mean, but one one unique thing that you guys do is yeah, uh, it's coffee and bolsa. Right, cafe and bolsa. Cafe of course, bolsa. it comes from our childhood, you know. And we'll elaborate that more in, in yeah, our yeah. next podcast. These guys, my partners, are like probably the greatest thing. I mean, they're so badass and they grind, they work. Yeah, I see them. I mean, you're you're in Dallas and you still see and hear Viejo everywhere around the city, east and west. So it's really cool to see, you know, a local business getting so much support in El Paso. And you and I are from El Paso, so you and I know that, you know, over the last five, seven years, El Paso wasn't always like that. El Paso wasn't always supportive or, you know, of things like that. Um, how, how, uh, how important do you think it is? How important do you think it is to not only support local, but to kind of, you know, have that influence in the local city and kind of shape the city. Because right now, there's tons of local businesses, you know, booming right now in the city. There's literally an endless amount of podcast interviewees that we have right now because so many people own businesses, so many local people own businesses. So how important is it? How important is it to shop local? And why is it so important for, for people to Basically there? supporting each other. I mean, we all we got. I mean, we're not from a big city. So growing each other, pushing each other, basically not as a competition. I mean, we support global coffee to the fullest. You know what I mean? Uh, other coffee parties, another one of them that we support so much. We're just trying to push each other. And that's something different that we do aside from other coffee shops, you know what I mean? And, um... Why are you laughing? You can find it. Right, I was pulling out like a hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's nothing. Well, it's, uh, it's super important to just support each other locally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're going to make each other happy, you know yeah. what I mean? So... Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I just, I'm, I'm still like, I see it every day and I see it on my show, but it's like, I really love the direction that El Paso's headed. Like, Absolutely. it's such a tight knit community, such a supportive community, and in general, just pop ups. 
like five years ago, I, I never thought pop-ups would happen in El Paso because of how close-minded I feel the city was at the time. But now it's like pop-ups are a thing and pop-ups are like cool, you know, and right. people actually go to all the places that you go to and, you know, just to get some coffee, you're looking at the bottle yeah. again. Morning. <laughs> this guy's wild. <laughs> like a six one. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's really cool to see such, such booming, um, you know, such a booming community of local business owners really doing some big things here in the city. And that's what this whole podcast is about, really having people like you and, uh, you know, on top of real estate and, you know, the business that you're running on top of that, kind of dabbling in different markets and really testing, I think, different markets. What influenced you guys to even get into coffee? I know we're going to cover that on another another episode, but what kind of influence you guys to even get started as partners? I mean, in, in so I know my partner, Jose Arevalo, you know what I mean? From, a, from Golden Gloves. He was um, a boxer also? He was a boxer too. Yeah, Ricardo was also a Golden Glove boxer, <laughs> but I'll knock him out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Jose, my partner from like way back in the day from Golden Gloves. And um, basically, I was in it was when I was in Europe and I saw all these coffee bars, these coffee shops, and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Coffee's hot in Europe, huh? This is the shit out there in Italy and all that. You know what I mean? And then I remember telling him while I was over there. And we're just acquaintances, you know what I mean? I was like, bro, I got big plans. We got big plans, like, we need to link up. So this is two and a half years ago that Viejo started. Of an idea. Of an idea, as an idea that started boiling, you know what I mean? But we've been so busy. I mean, I was working two jobs, firefighting real estate. He has his job. And I mean, you know what I mean? So it was just boiling down. And finally, we're trying to come up and bring it alive so that's super good excited for us. I'm, I'm really excited for you guys I, I've seen you guys literally everywhere on social media and it's really cool by the way shout out to Jose and Monkey Those yeah shout, shout out Those Jose are like so, and Monkey so like artistic they yeah. got they're so clever with the whole social media where game. can where can our viewers follow you guys that way they could start getting the inside scoop before the next episode and Viejo Coffee so on Instagram it's at Viejo Coffee we also have a Facebook, Viejo Coffee. I mean, is those guys are so clever with the whole social media yeah. game. I love your branding, bro. Like you guys, you guys are really doing some cool stuff, and I think it's definitely giving a little uh, character to the city too. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. It's really cool, man. I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you. It's funny throwing razors at this guy, and now we're sitting in front of a podcast. <laughs> but. Uh, really cool to have you on man i'm super excited for you know just overall where you're going with real estate and your goals and um you know on top of being my best friend i'm just proud of you excited for what the future really has for you um i'm i'm just super pumped up that i get to be in this moment where i feel like i'm entering my prime too and you are also, you know, so it's really cool for us to kind of go through this where we're, we're definitely successful. We have the right mindset and uh, we're getting into some shit that we didn't think we were going to get into <laughs> maybe a while ago. Yeah. Um, 
I always like to kind of wrap up the podcast or, or you know, kind of end the podcast with kind of knowing a little bit about what you like to do in the city. Obviously, you've been in Dallas for three year, three months, but before that, it was all El Paso, you know. So talk to me about your favorite restaurant, place to eat here in El Paso. Go for it and throw a plug if you want to your moms. <laughs> but give me your favorite restaurant. Give your give me your favorite place to hang out, and give me give me your favorite place to go out and celebrate a good month or a good closing. I already know where all these three places are. <laughs> so it's restaurant and what? Restaurant, place to hang out or chill at, place to go out and celebrate. Shit, I mean this whole city is great with these local businesses but I mean a restaurant of course I mean no other place than to get some mama's cooking at my mom's restaurant better place to get mama's mama's restaurant (laughs) you get the best seat in the house yeah you know what I mean but overall the food is great the service is great where where are they located North Loop in Lafayette right on the corner Cocteles Masaclan I mean, there's nothing no fancy, schwancy, fucking... You guys have been there. You guys are so known, though. Like, there's a big clientele that loves that place. I mean, yeah, it's a little hole on the wall. It's great food, great environment. Um, Favorite place to hang out at? Fuck, I don't know. Work? The office? (laughs) thing too. The office? I know. (laughs) What would I do on my day off? probably go to work (laughs) I mean and if I had to say celebration I mean later later my boy Monkey makes the best fucking old fashioned yes we've had them later later that's the privilege probably where I'm gonna take you after this I need some food (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that probably be it cool so later later mamas and place hang out you said my office (laughs) yeah that's the same with me bro I Violet trips out because she's like, go with your girlfriend. Go home. Go home. Go. <laughs> I'm like, shit, dude, I really love work. And I think when you're when you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And it's right. really true. Like That's absolutely true. I love it, man. I love it. Well, again, really thankful for you to be on the show, bro. Long overdue. Um, but really excited for people to hear a little bit more about you, who this shy guy that hangs around with me is. And, um, you know, really excited for you and all your endeavors, too. Viejo Coffee is going to blow up. Like, I see it. Really excited for you guys to be on, too. So let's plan a date. Let's set a date now, actually. Viejo Coffee podcast, when? 2019. (laughs) 2019. I'll let you go. January. It's coming January, guys. Valentine's Day, maybe? The 9th? Somewhere. Somewhere in 2019. Okay, we'll figure it out. Get a permission slip and everything. (laughs) Okay, so we're definitely going to have you guys on. Really excited to have you guys on. And um, really excited again for people to hear your story. Uh, For those of you guys that are watching, make sure you guys tune in every single Wednesday to Whiskey Wednesday podcast. Thank you for listening to Whiskey Wednesdays. Hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. And you can see more on YouTube, Instagram, and Apple Podcasts.